When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and of course, FightfulSelect.com. Of course, you can get all your free wrestling news over at FightfulWrestling.com. We have podcasts, videos, all that good stuff. You know what we all have there. Tons of exclusives. Go click that tab. But Fightful Select brings you a lot of exclusive content. I did alternate commentary on the Jack Gallagher Drew Gulak match this week. We've got the Fightful uh, Select Weekender where I review everything that isn't Raw and SmackDown. We've got the Q&A show, which goes up this week. We have Jimmy Vance Match Archives. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com. And you'll see all that we have over there. I will be joined by Alex Palowski, likely. He's running into some technical issues. So right now, it's just me. But hopefully, he'll be able to uh, join us very shortly. If you all missed out, we do have a post-NXT TakeOver show, as well as uh, my stream of the NXT TakeOver post-show press conference with Triple H. This show brought to you by our friends over at Knockdown Sports Radio. Host Chris Calicut and Cody Teague dive deeper into topical sports stories, exploring the social relevance and fallout of those stories. You can find them at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube. You can find them on Twitter at Knockdown Media. The Knockdown Sports Radio, a great program. I'm going to appear on it this week, so make sure you all check that out. And of course, like I said, give them a follow over on Twitter at Knockdown Media. They're helping keep the show free. So is omg.com. That's O-M-G-H-E-E.com. Our world has become flooded with processed, genetically modified foods. However, natural organic foods are by far the best option options for optimal nutrition. Ghee is a superfood, according to many top nutritionists and athletes, because of its high healthy fat content. Their ghee is made of 100% organic essential fats, free of additives, preservatives, chemicals, and flavor enhancers. It's just 100% pure, wholesome food. It is the purified essence of butter loaded with omega-3s and omega-9 fatty acids. I cooked my lunch with it today. It is fantastic. It is delicious. It lasts you a long time, way, way longer than a tub of butter does. And it is so much better for you. Check them out at omg.com and also... Hit them up on Twitter, at OMGButter. Let them know you heard about them through us. Even if you can't uh, buy any right now, just let them know. So follow them, OMGButter on Twitter, and our friends at Knockdown Media on Twitter. Hot dog, guys. It was the Money in the Bank show, 2018. Overall, I got to say that I rather enjoyed this show. The Extra Hour it did feel like an extra hour. It was essentially a, a five and a half hour pay-per-view. But the pre-show stuff didn't really start until 6.30 Eastern. So you could chop that off, make it kind of like a five-hour show. But I thought there was some good stuff on this. On the pre-show, Charlie Caruso spots pancakes in a trash bag that Kevin Owens is carrying. And Kevin Owens is just outstanding in these backstage segments. He's trying to figure stuff out, trying to 
get involved and find out who who the new day are going to pick, who is going to help him kind of attack Braun Strowman essentially, and that would be paid off later in the show. We also hear from Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, you know, cutting pre-match promos, and Samoa Joe as well. Kevin Owens tries to talk to Joe about teaming up, but Joe is really confrontational about this. Uh, the glare that Booker T shot whatever doofus was screaming CM Punk was phenomenal. It was fantastic. Really, really good stuff that I enjoyed there. Owens takes New Day a bunch of pancakes and tries to find out which one's in the match. But New Day are mad that he likes other breakfast food. Owens says that IHOP was right to change to IHOP, and then they steal his syrup. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships kicked off this show. The green gear works a lot better for the Bludgeon Brothers, I think. Wearing those purple, purple outfits makes them look like goddamn foot soldiers. People asking where Jeff and Alex is. Jeff is never on our post-pay-per-view shows. He's on our post-NXT shows, and Alex is having technical issues. So you're stuck with me. Harper gets tied up in the ropes and is hampered. Like you see a little bit of vulner- vulnerability in his knee, but this match really didn't didn't go that direction anymore. I was a little bit confused by that. I mean, we see Harper favoring the knee, but after that, there's really no more of it. It just wasn't it wasn't addressed anymore. It doesn't stop the Bludgeon Brothers from destroying Anderson and Gallows outside the ring either. Anderson just gets worked over hard for several minutes until he hits a spine buster. Gallows then reappears after getting beaten up outside the ring, uh, gets that hot tag. This is the best shape I've ever seen him in. And I would really like to see them rewarded creatively with some stuff that can get them over because they're just put into a match and go. That's it. They're not really given the opportunity to roll with their baby face, their baby face potential. And they should because they're really colorful, really entertaining, really interesting. The Good Brothers were over in Chicago too. Gallows and Anderson goes for the magic killer, but it stopped, and Gallows is hit with a bludgeon bomb to end it. So you all know, I post my match ratings every morning after some of these pay-per-views. I I go on a 1 to 10 scale. It starts at 5, and it either slides down or slides up based on uh, crowd reaction, execution, how excited I was, stakes, all that good stuff. It's, It's entirely subjective. Since Alex isn't on this show, I will give you all my match ratings too, and we can kind of discuss those. I give this a five and a half out of 10, nothing too offensive, but it never really got going. There was never really anything in this match that, that was just, that set it off. You have the Bludgeon Brothers who in theory work, but as it turns out, they work a lot better when they're associated with Bray Wyatt. When they're not associated with Bray Wyatt, it seems like people have an issue connecting to them and investing in them. The Good Brothers, it seems like they may have run into the same problem with Finn Balor and with AJ Styles, that they need to be connected to one of those two in order for people to invest in them. However, I don't know that they've ever been really given that opportunity. So not not big on that. The show kicked off with Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. This was the best match of Big Cass's life. He did great. Daniel Bryan did great. You're going to hear a bunch of doofuses say, Daniel Bryan carried him to a a match. Big Cass put on the best performance in the ring of his life. Outside of maybe not selling as well as he could have at times, I thought that Big Cass over-delivered. He went to that diesel pose an awful lot, but Bryan ran circles around 
Cass early on, and it, it was the story of speed against size. And Big Cass always cutting these promos about how, how tall he is and yada, yada. And nothing changed from the last last meeting. I think that was the story, is that Big Cass keeps saying this. But that doesn't mean that the skill is there. It doesn't mean that the skill can overcome that. And I think this is a story that, that echoes real life. I mean, you you do have people who truly believe in this world that a big guy can beat a little guy no matter what. And I would do a lot of shows with Vince Russo where he would bring that up and I would give him dozens of examples in MMA history, how, how that never, that necessarily wasn't the case. Ginky Sudo made a great career of it. I thought that Daniel Bryan took a nice flare bump over the buckles and then they had that barricade spot really showed them off really well. Bryan flipping over and leapfrogging cast was kind of impressive as well. And cast does that great East river crossing. That is a good move for his arsenal. I would maybe have that as as the finish if I were him. I know he seems to like the big boot, but I, I think that's that's a really good one as well. Daniel Bryan works over the leg and the knee of Cass. Commentators used to never mention how hard the apron area was. Now they can't shut up about it, man. It's nonstop every time. Oh, the hardest part of the ring, man. Pick your spots. You know what I mean? Cass and Brian just knocked it out of the park with this tilt-a-whirl spot. I don't know that that there was a better combination to pull that off, but Brian goes for his head scissors, and they spin around so much that you don't know which way it's going to end up. You don't know if if Daniel Bryan's going to end up on the the better end of it or if Cass is going to just slam Daniel Bryan down and, and win that one. But Daniel Bryan does get the better of it and ends up, applying the yes lock, which Cass does get out of. He gets to the ropes, and they that's such an over move because Daniel Bryan won titles with it, and he did so many great things with that move. Now it's not necessarily a finish, but not a lot of people are, are – well, I mean, I can't say not a lot of people are getting out of it because people are getting out of it, whether it be the ropes or, or sliding out of it. Shelton Benjamin got out of it too. So it's clearly not his finish anymore. I wonder what went into that. I, hopefully, if I ever get to talk to him on a media call or anything like that, we'll get to figure out something a little bit uh, about why what, what went into that. Or maybe he'll talk about it on his own. Brian flies outside the ring onto Cass. Back in the ring, Cass flings Brian across the ring with a super fallaway slam. Then Cass does a torture rack and a... Goddamn burning hammer. I didn't expect to see that one. He was looking great tonight. Brian gets the yes kicks. Cass hits a boot but can't beat Brian. Then we get the big knee and a heel hook and Cass taps out. There are a lot of people who seem to think that this kind of hurts Cass. I really don't. Because uh, had he not lost that first match, then maybe, maybe, but right now, I think their priority is let's get Daniel Bryan re-signed because he has not re-signed yet. His contract is still up September 1st. So he's still got... He's still got... They've still got some convincing to do. Big Cass, on the other hand, he's probably there for a while. He's he's fresh off of... The, not fresh, but relatively fresh off of that ACL injury. So 
they're they're really getting his footing out uh, footing underneath him and I think the big dude who keeps coming back and talking shit even though he got beat up by a guy half his size kind of works. We'll find out. But I would really love to see him tie a little more story into why he dislikes Daniel Bryan and why he dislikes little guys so much because I mean today he said he was training with Drew Gulak who is also a little guy and called him one of the best submission specialists. And as much as WWE loves to, they don't necessarily want a lot of wrestlers. They just want Ring of Honor and New Japan to not have a lot of wrestlers. And they definitely do not want Daniel Bryan to uh, be in Ring of Honor or New Japan because that, I'm not going to say, I mean, it's a game changer for Ring of Honor or New Japan. I don't know that it's a game changer for the negative for WWE. It sucks to not have him, but they also haven't had him for three years, so. They're back in the same boat they were a few months ago. But for Ring of Honor or New Japan, having a Daniel Bryan is, boy, that's pretty awesome. I'm interested about where Daniel Bryan goes from here. Because he won. And, you know, SummerSlam, they can often go to the babyface versus babyface thing. I would love to see Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles for the title at SummerSlam. It makes sense. What doesn't make sense is if this Goddamn Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn feud continues. Holy crap. This was not good. This was confusing. I mean, there was nothing as far as a technical aspect or execution that was bad. Lane hit or Zayn hits Lashley with a, a, a version of the Haluva kick and some cross face punches. Then Lashley flattens Zayn with a spine buster, does a Canadian backbreaker and a hanging suplex. Then Lashley goes right back to the Canadian backbreaker and then does another hanging suplex. Huh? Why'd you run that back? I don't know, man. This went six and a half minutes. Lashley wins it. By the way, the tag title match went seven minutes. The the Daniel Bryan big cast match went 16 minutes and it did not feel like 16 minutes. And that, you know, that was one of my favorite matches of the night. I think that Daniel Bryan and Big Cass delivered to an extreme degree tonight. Lashley and Zayn, it's pretty clear when a character has fallen flat and when someone really needs a change, and Lashley fits that bill. He needs a change. Execution, everything went fine. Just a weird, weird ending that took away. I'm back. Alex Pawlowski is here. I'm here. Ready to talk some stuff. Alex, okay, I have talked about the first three matches on the show. I've talked about Bludgeon Brothers, Good Brothers, Whatever. Brian and Cass. I want you to offer your thoughts up within, like, over a couple of minutes, what you thought of those. That way people get, get your thoughts. Um, I don't know why the Bludgeon Brothers um, got uh, had so much trouble with the Good Brothers when they steamrolled both the New Day and the Usos, who I feel are objectively better tag teams than the Good Brothers, but whatever, eh, fine. Um, the Bludgies are going to continue to win until they decide that they've found the right team to stop them. Uh, I uh, At this point, I don't know who that could be. Um, uh uh, Cass and Brian, uh, I just heard uh, Sean say that he really liked the match. Uh, match was good. Uh, I don't know what you're doing with Big Cass. 
Like he keeps coming out and saying a big man can beat a little man. And then he loses over and over again. And not only loses, but like gets his ass kicked by a guy half his size. So now we can't trust anything that he says. And I don't, I don't know what you do with him after this. Like, I don't know. I don't know where big cast goes after claiming to be able to beat up Daniel Bryan over and over again, losing to him once, then getting his heat back by beating him up after the match then losing to him again on SmackDown, then losing to him again on another pay-per-view, but then just limping to the back, clutching his knee brace. I don't, I don't know where you go with Big Cass after this. Like, I don't know what you do with this. I'm, I'm happy Daniel Bryan won, but like, I don't, I, I don't know what big, where Big Cass goes. Lashley and Zayn was just crap. Uh, let's get it over with. Weird finish. Where they uh, ran back, it's two moves that they had just done prior. It was just, it, this is this is the thing. This is what this does. This is a giant squash for Bobby Lashley, where Zayn, that dastardly villain, he got his comeuppance because because Lashley did his finishing sequence to him twice. Yeah. Although his finishing sequence involves a Canadian backbreaker, I think. Like no torture rack. I don't know. If he's doing that, why the hell isn't he just doing the Dominator? Who's using that right now? Nobody. His, his finisher is a vertical suplex. A vertical suplex. A stalling I vertical can, suplex. I can appreciate a good vertical suplex, but I can't appreciate a match that ya boy gave four point two five out of ten. Not good. I mean, it, honestly, I am pretty goddamn lenient on my my ratings. If they if it starts at a five and it goes backwards, then something. Something really didn't click. By the way, I gave Daniel Bryan a big cast a 7.25 out of 10. Just so you all know, um, six is above average, seven good, eight great, nine excellent, 10 virtually perfect. You all can just look at the rankings that are the ratings that I do tomorrow. Seth Rollins defeated Elias to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Alex, I really thought this was the start of a 455-day Intercontinental title reign for Elias. It was uh, there were a couple of uh, great uh, moments in this match where you could have convinced me it was the right moment at that time in the match to have Elias win it and to to, to move on and, and, and be the Intercontinental Champion for a while because at that point in time, uh, I was thinking, hey, you know, maybe they're smart enough to, like, move Seth Rollins up to the big leagues, let him challenge Brock because I didn't know what they were going to do with the money in the bank. Uh, at that point, uh, but this match was was really great. L- really liked it. I uh, did not like the finish. We'll talk about it when we get to that point. But did not like the finish. The crowd chants, "We are scumbags." Both of these guys are really over, though. Yeah. Elias clotheslines Rollins on the apron. Rollins takes it on his head as he does a DDT for two. Rollins does a suicide dive. Elias doesn't really catch him very well. Inside the ring, Rollins tweaks his knee on a springboard attempt and catches a knee from Elias for two. If I'm WWE, I, I legitimately consider telling the roster, hey, everybody but Ember Moon, let's take the suicide dive out of your thing because she does it better than any of you are doing it, and we want that. we want this to be a little more special. I would ban it from almost the entire roster and and then give certain people – like you can use it once, like every four matches, and then let Amber Moon do it as many times as she wants. But like I like Samoa Joe's because he gets a lot of velocity behind it, and it connects with like a, a forearm and an elbow. It's a like, little bit, yeah. It's a little different. Everybody else's, it's just 
like Rollins, Rollins is just he's he's adopted the Dean Ambrose running flying push. Like that's he, he just he pushes people when he gets to them. People have gotten so desensitized to it. Very few times do I see it work, but yeah, I review the Ring of Honor TV shows for the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. And Ring of Honor crowds so often you can hear a pin drop. And Jay Lethal said, not today, bitches. And he went, he did like six or seven in a row and just wouldn't stop. He's like, I ain't stopping. You sons of bitches make noise. And it worked. WWE's not going to do that. <laughs> and also, Elias didn't catch him very well. Rollins did catch knees on a frog splash attempt, though. We came back for with a superplex Falcon Arrow combo. Rollins then misses another suicide dive, and Elias runs him into the post, runs him into the stairs, and does an elbow. His pace here was great. It screamed, I want to be Intercontinental Champion right now. Yeah. No, th- th- these, guys, these guys have bad blood within their feud uh, over uh, guitars and being smashed on, on either people or by people. Um, I just want to say, while you said that he did that unprovoked last week, Rollins has had a right guitar broken over his back, and he was DDT'd on a chair. But the thing about it for me was it wasn't even like one to the next. Like it'd be one thing if it was like on one episode he got yeah. he got hit with a with a, with a guitar, and in the next episode he smashed a guitar. But there was like stuff in between that I forgot well, about the first one. I'll relate this to a personal bit of experience. There was a guy who trained at my boxing gym named Worm. His dad was a pro boxer. He was a very high-level amateur boxer himself. He got real drunk, and Worm was kind of notorious for, if you want to beat up Worm, you better hope he's drunk when he does it. And a guy jumped him from behind. Worm didn't immediately go after him. Worm was like, I'm going to pick my spots. He got back in the gym and trained to kick this guy's ass on the streets. And I'm pretty sure he did, too. Well, you Rollins, know. Rollins, ever the veteran. <laughs> they say that revenge is a dish best served cold. Right? So, perhaps. So, um, I love that Coach brought up the championship mentality that in championship matches like this, pay-per-view like this, environments like this, you dig down a little bit deeper. You find it, you find something within you to help you. I like that. There was a great series of pow- uh, counters and pins pin attempts that ended in Rollins rolling up Elias for the pin and Rollins held the tights I thought for sure Constable Corbin was coming out <laughs> that would have been good I would have liked that I, I I wouldn't put it past him to like have Constable Corbin say tomorrow night like well I, I'm I by the authority vested in me by Stephanie McMahon we're gonna replay this match tonight and and Seth being like ah oh, but I'm hurt and I can't go it's like yeah, no, no, you're going anyway, uh, and have and maybe even have Elias win. Like the controversy is there; they can always run back and have another match at Extreme Rules, all that kind of stuff. Um, but this, there are ways to keep both guys strong in air quotes without having Seth needlessly grab the tights. There's other ways of doing it. Um, it just, it just, I, to my thinking, you've you've established Seth as this amazing wrestler, like in-ring worker for the past few months, ever since he had the title, he's been fantastic. He hasn't had to take shortcuts in any way. So when you do it here, it better be for a really damn good reason. And it just felt like he was taking a shortcut. 
as opposed to, man, I can't beat this guy and I really, really hate him. And if I beat him now, he never gets another rematch or something like that. There was no real reason for him to go to this level if he's just been the guy who wins clean by being the best, the better man in every match. And like, it, I don't know if it helps Elias that he gets, you know, depending, I guess we'll have to see where it goes from here, but I did not like this. I thought there was other things you can do at this time as well. I was kind of hoping as you were uh, that maybe Elias wins and Seth gets moved up a notch. Um, But as it it appears by the end of the night, uh, they have different plans for the top of the card on Raw. Yeah, do they? Who knows? Because with all these options, yeah, one thing happens. Mm. Well, we'll see. I gave this match a 6.75 out of 10. I thought it was uh, a good match. But I expect Constable Corbin to do something about this tomorrow. I I fully expect him to. And I kind of want him to be like a dickhead, but a fair dickhead. Yeah. I think that would would work out really, really well. Uh, It's just, I, I like this for Corbin. It works it for Corbin. It really does. It really does. Here's the here's the main reason for me is that it's a it's a direct extension from his lone wolf persona, where where even when he they would force him to like tag with other heels, they'd be like, nah, I don't really feel like it tonight. There's a fantastic thing from a couple of years ago when I was reviewing main event where he had to tag with the Dudley Boys. It was back that far ago. Yeah, I remember. And, and and he came down to the ring, and they wanted to dap him up because, you know, it's a six-man tag, and he just walks right past him. And they want, know, to tag, they want to tag him in, and he's like, no. He just jumps off the ring apron and walks to the back because he doesn't, he doesn't have any allegiance to other heels just because he himself is a heel. So he's objectively just kind of hates everybody. I would compare the transition from his old gimmick to the constable as – like just like transitioning from butter to ghee, mm. which everybody watching the show can do by going to omg.com. Check it out. Get your omega threes. Get your omega nines. Love it. Omg butter on Twitter. Fine match. Like I said, I expect a rematch probably this week or next week. To be honest with you, women's money in the bank. Alexa Bliss defeated Charlotte. Becky Lynch, Naomi, Natalia, Lana, Sasha Banks, Ember Moon. I think the execution of this match went about as well as it could have. They did several spots that I had never seen, and I probably watched 150, maybe 200 ladder matches. I'd probably say about 150 ladder matches. They went 18 and a half minutes. Uh, by the way, the previous match, Rollins and Elias, went 17. The Lashley Zane match went six and a half. So Lana's entrance is totally baby face. I don't get to talk to you about this often, but yeah. it is a super baby face entrance, right? Yeah. Well, the thing, other things like uh, <laughs> Aiden English, the, the, the trio of them together, they're very baby faces right now. I don't, I don't know if how intentional that is and what they're actually going to book them toward here in the future, but all three of them are, are super over. So, Ember Moon takes over very early. She's really natural. I mean, it's like she's so natural that... It, <laughs> like, it's not the, the level of natural like Ricochet where some of his stuff looks like almost unbelievable. It's just real good and real crisp and effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And it's like, my God, she doesn't do anything that looks bad. You know what I mean? Like the most seasoned guys and girls have things that they just do that don't look great. John Cena can't punch very well. No. Ember Moon, if she finds out that she's not good at it, it's like she doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Or uh, there's there's an example, and I can't think of it right now, of somebody who I noticed wasn't doing something very well, something along those lines, and then stopped doing it. And then started doing it again several months later, and you could tell they had worked on it. Like it was, it's that, it's that kind of a thing where I feel like she's that kind of person of if this isn't working out, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep doing it badly uh, in front of people. I'll keep doing it badly until I do it better in the gym, and then, uh, then I'll start breaking it out again. But yeah, there was stuff she was doing in this. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll talk in depth about it. But her springboard. Um, plancha uh crossbody onto sasha onto the ladder uh just just makes my whole spine hurt still and that was like three hours ago yeah i am begging for an ember bianca program down the line but but i think that bianca is going to be the person they anchor nxt to i think yeah. she is she nxt in the future and that's saying something because Shayna baszler is real good i like Shayna baszler and Shayna baszler is a special kind of talent for, for them. But man, Bianca, whew, it's real good, real good down there, at least at the top, at least the way it looks. Ember does a great springboard crossbody onto Sasha and a ladder, walks right into an X-Factor from Lana. Got to say, there was nothing that Lana did in this match that stood out to me and said, she shouldn't be in here, she, she's bad, anything like that. Nope. She fit and did her job perfectly in this match. She did. I was really impressed. I mean, I mean, if if you can be impressed by somebody not falling over their boots, like I was absolutely impressed that she's she's improved a lot because because she's out on tour doing house show matches night after night. Like she's actually putting in the work to get better, and that's what you need. The problem was is they threw her out there having TV matches and title matches way before she was ready. And now she's improved, and that's. I mean, good. I see Rebel booked on Impact, and I'm like, all right, Lana's got more matches than her, and she's been working for like a year and a half. Yeah. So I'm I'm much more inclined to give Lana some rope than than somebody like that. Natalia slams Lana, and then Atomic whips Naomi onto the ladder. Charlotte's kicks are really awkward. I think she should stop doing them. Yeah, she like steps into them and kicks in the stomach and almost falls down every time. It's weird. It's like her legs are so long; they're not like they're like attached to her body at the wrong place. Like it doesn't feel natural for her to be kicking her giant gams up in the air. Well, like any that. any body I've ever trained with who has had trouble doing toe kicks, they call it. Yeah, you just have them do a knee lift. Just yeah. have them drive the side of their knee into somebody. It works the same. It does the yeah. same thing. You don't get skittery feet, as as they say. So I think she should probably abandon those. She and Becky hold a ladder and like go back and forth with it. And Naomi runs and jumps off of it and takes out Natalia. Very cool spot. One of those that I hadn't seen before. I liked it. Uh, Naomi's athleticism was on display here as well, and she was made to look strong. So Naomi then dives onto Alexa, blockbuster Sasha off the apron. Becky tries to climb the ladder, that Naomi and Ember are holding and gets cracked with it instead. Another cool spot. Yep. 
Naomi landing those speedball kicks about as well as the Black Mass hit last night. Those are ugly. Yeah, I don't know why uh, she keeps doing those. Those are just like they're just never going to work. Becky pushes Sasha off the ladders, but Sasha does a meteor to Charlotte and Natalia. And it was at this point where I realized that briefcase is up real high, man. Real, real high. It, oh, felt, yeah. it felt too high. Yeah, especially when Lana got that ladder. And boy, did she just have a, a look of sheer joy on her face that she was setting up a ladder. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Natalia powerbombed Sasha onto the ladder, causing a lot of mayhem. And it was this point I, I noticed Alexa Bliss hasn't done anything. She eats a matchka kick and an accolade, which the commentary team says a mistake. It was a mistake, but it's never a mistake to break one's back and make them humble. Alexa tries to push Charlotte and Becky off a ladder, but Charlotte survives in time to eat a backstabber. Then Sasha's face is crushed into the ladder. Charlotte spears Ember into a ladder. Alexa tilts Becky off of a ladder into another one and wins. Alexa Bliss, your victor. This will, we're, we can't talk about future booking because she cashed in later. Right. What did you think of her winning this match? Kurt Angle was overjoyed backstage. Um, I, uh, this, I, I really love this match, you know, and, and I honestly, my, my thought going in was somehow they're going to wind up giving Natalia this thing and she's going to turn on Rhonda to cash in. Uh, and that, that was, that was my thought. Um, happy that didn't happen. Um, but I, I, there were a lot of great spots. There's a lot of things that were, they were, they were, Hopefully, preludes to something like if we ever get Naomi and Ember on the same brand, I'd love to see a few matches between them. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that. I like that they call back to like Charlotte and Becky being best friends, but there's no best friends in this kind of match, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I really felt bad for Becky that she was all the way at the top and had literally unhooked the carabiner. Like, all she had to do was take the briefcase off, but she had to wait for Alexa to get in the ring because she wasn't supposed to win like it felt like forever that she was up there before alexa got in there to knock her off there were there were a couple of times where it looked like somebody was going to grab i I thought naomi was going to win why because she wins everything somehow somehow it seems like she wins everything when other people should probably win it at least one of the two smackdown women's money in the bank matches uh from last year becky was all set to win and then got knocked off at the very end and carmella won uh, it might have happened to both of them. So, like, it's now, I hope, there's something that they can do in the future, maybe next year, where uh, it's, it's a thing of, like, Becky keeps saying, I always get so close in these matches. I always get so close, and I don't quite fall through. This is the year. This is the year. And you can actually have that be a part of the story. So when she does pull through, hopefully, then it's a, it's a part of things. Um, but... Not knowing what was going to happen later in the night, when Alexa Bliss won, I was like, that's cool. This is a person who absolutely will utilize the money in the bank over the next six months or so really well. She'll she'll figure out, she'll threaten people like, hey, just so you know, always be looking out because you never know if I might be around the corner. That kind of a thing. Not knowing, obviously, what was going to happen uh, later in the night. But I thought, yeah, I, thought, time, I thought it was their way to keep her out of the title picture, yeah, essentially. yeah. Because, I mean, I thought it was going to be a very Carmella thing because she is Carmella-esque in that regard. Right. Roman Reigns defeated Jinder Mahal. I gave this one a whopping 4.25 out of 10. He is a 
already a heel, according to WWE's company line, getting CM Punk chance against super babyface Jinder Mahal. This match wasn't good. No. And there, I had Charles Robinson saying, oh, they didn't give it a chance. Well, the fans are not invested in Roman Reigns. Not positively, not negatively at this point. It's not polarizing. It's indifferent. Also the same for Jinder Mahal. This isn't an IWC thing. That's not a real thing. Everybody has a goddamn computer. Yeah. Rusev Day chance. Velveteen chance. Let's go Cena. Let's go. Or Cena sucks chance. NXT chance. Boring. I think there may have even been an LOD chant at one point. Mm. All those. A chin lock. That didn't turn the crowd around. Man, this is the thing I was thinking about. Well, so they booked this match. I was like, this is just going to be Roman Reigns doing his thing where he's fighting from underneath. Oh, Roman Reigns. Oh, gosh. How is he ever going to get out of this headlock that he's been in for five minutes? Like, how does that make you want to see want to see this match more? Like, and the idea that was floated out there that the next program for Brock Lesnar is more of this again. Like what, why are, why are we, why are we doing people are not invested in a positive or negative way necessarily in, in Lesnar in that regard either. They, they see him for what he is in this. And my thing is you book him against Elias, you book him against a Rusev, you book him against a Seth Rollins, you book him against a Braun Strowman, you book Roman Reigns against people that fans care about and they like, he's going to get a negative reaction. I don't know how you – you can't get him a positive reaction except in select cities. Yeah. So what they would, they would rather get indifferent reactions. They would rather get CM Punk chance than ha- him to have a negative reaction. And a lot of people say, he'll turn eight the answer because then, then they'll cheer him. Well, good. Then they get what they wanted all, all along. Right. Then they get yeah. what they wanted all along. Who cares? Yeah. yeah no. Good. At least it's at least it's a reaction that is contingent to the match that is taking place in front of them, as opposed to a reaction in I mean, there's no way to chant We don't appreciate the scripting of your program. Yeah. You chant all this other stuff. I'm pretty sure if they could organize one, they would. <laughs> I want to I want to see somebody come in and pass out flyers with just like Hashtag, we don't appreciate the scripting of your program. Or everybody, on three. One, just that would be great. Find somebody get out there and do it. And I got people saying fans don't care about about Brock Lesnar. Watch their matches. See how people react to them. He gets good YouTube numbers. People will see what he does. But does he get the type of reactions from a crowd with Roman Reigns that WWE desires? No. That has been proven. The evidence is there. And how many times can you go to a different city and say, well, it's that city. It's that city. It's that city. Oh, yeah. Chicago's a heel town. Like, all at this point, with a certain segment of the fans, the ones whose whose voices, let's say, are the loudest, they're deep, and they carry very far, uh, and they decide to be very pushy in these matches, they're all a bunch of heels. They all, they all, they have heel in their damn Twitter handle. Like, these are people... Who, who decide that being a bad guy is cool or whatever. It's just, it's, these are people who are never going to accept this thing that you're giving them. And what you're giving them is, gosh, how is Roman Reigns? I think, there's the thing. Michael Cole says at the end of the match, 
an incredible victory for the big dog here at Money in the Bank. Michael Cole, there's nothing incredible about Roman Reigns beating Jinder Mahal. Like, we all knew this was going to happen. How is that incredible? How is it without credibility? Like, it's obvious. It's obvious. I'll just tell you this. We lost some viewers on, on these takes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Charles Robinson is telling me not really the talent's fault how they're booked. Last I heard, they don't book themselves, just trying to make the best of a situation they're put into. Then don't put them in that fucking situation. Yep. Book Roman Reigns against somebody Mm. that the crowd cares about or put him in the ladder match or put Jinder Mahal in the ladder match. You want to get a good reaction out of a crowd? Have Jinder Mahal climb that ladder and almost grab that briefcase. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see that. Nope. Nobody wants to relive that. Braun Strowman knocks him off. You're going to get some thunderous roars there. Same with Roman Reigns. You didn't need this. Nope. You didn't need this. Hmm. I mean, and Roman Reigns is, is leading the charge, essentially. He's saying, aren't I already? He'll know. Come on, man. Don't insult the intelligence of your viewer. I mean, the thing about this is that uh, it, it seemed we're seeing prime for the beginning of Raw tomorrow. Like, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. And he comes out and he says, I want Brock Lesnar. I want a title shot. Like, he thinks that because he beat Jinder, he deserves another one. Because that's just that's, that's the way they script him. Like, he's it's, it's weird to be like this kind of a guy who's so ridiculously entitled to then come out and say management won't give me a title shot. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure they won't. Like, it's just a weird thing that you you put him in these positions. He's really talented. And I think he'd be really great for your company in a different role than the one you decided to assign him to. And I still got these people who are saying they want him fired. Nobody, who the fuck is asking for Roman Reigns to be fired? Oh, no. 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 That's obsi- I've got some of the, the dopiest takes about this stuff. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I don't hear fuck Joe Anawaii chants in the crowd. No. The motherfucker has tea time with his daughter. There's a <laughs> commercial about it. I'm sure he's a splendid man. Mm-hmm. He's a hard worker. He has good matches. Here's the thing. Put him against people that fans care about. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. that, that, that I, I think Roman Reigns, like this guy, like in a match where he gets to fight from not underneath, from over overneath, whatever whatever the opposite of underneath is. Like he'd be really, really great. Like really great. Like here's the thing. We're gonna talk about this in a second. Nia Jax fighting from underneath as a baby face doesn't work. Her just tossing people around, like that works. She's a much better character as that because you believe her as that. As opposed to how will this underdog who's twice the size of her opponent ever win? It, 
it's the same thing with Roman. We don't be, we don't buy him sitting there in a chin lock for ten minutes. We just it just we don't buy it. There are a lot of people, if you remember, we're all in on the gender push, and really we're sarcastically in on it. Yeah. That's troll culture. They were they were trolling and us. Believe yeah. me, nobody appreciates a good troll more than I. But you hit your wagon to a guy that almost everybody, even those people who pretended to support it, but said at least it's something different. It wasn't going to work. It didn't work. Bad yeah. promos, bad matches, bad business. They had to cancel their second show in India. It didn't work. Here's it the thing. Work. I, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that when they said at the very beginning, at least it's something different, let's, let's wait and see, that they were being authentic. I'll give them that. Some of them, yeah, sure. I'll give them that. But then after a month, they knew it wasn't working out, but they were too proud or trollish to be able to come out and say, yeah, I was wrong. This isn't working. And so they doubled down on it, you know, and that's doesn't work. This went about 15 minutes, 40 seconds. It really would have been better served to go about nine, eight yeah. minutes. Yeah. This would have been okay on a raw. Honestly, it would have been just fine on a raw, but for this, it wasn't. I, I, I would have liked to see, uh, to see Sunil seeing had like smuggled something in his sling as opposed to smuggling. He was, he was pretty good tonight he was good <laughs> i mean when is he not sunil singh is always pretty good his brother should be back within the next couple of months i believe after acl surgery uh reigns gets that spear i like the guillotine style leg drop he did when jenner was hanging out over the ropes but mm. this was a product of booking two people that the crowd didn't want to see in one match hoping that they would dislike roman reigns less and cheer him as a result and it doesn't work like that Nope. Got to put him with people that they care about. That's that's the only way you can capitalize on him, in my, in my estimation. Carmella defeated Asuka to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. I thought Carmella did very, very well in this match for what it was. You know, f- from a booking standpoint, I don't know about having Asuka in a 50-50 match with Carmella. She hits Carmella with her ass an awful lot and a sliding knee. Uh, but Asuka's pulled into the ring post. I like the armbar head scissors combo that Carmella applied. The crowd got behind Asuka. And uh, I, Carmella even hit a suicide dive, which is funny because Peter Rosenberg speculated that the internet didn't like Carmella because she doesn't do enough flying moves. Well, by that indication, she should be the biggest star on Tuesday. Asuka mm-hmm. scores some big strikes, but tumbles to the outside when... Going back to the ass well again, Asuka's kicked off the apron, takes a nasty bump to ringside. This was gross, man. Yeah. Um, yes, it was. Uh, I, I, I actually really appreciated the match. Um, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I thought I really, I think Carmella has improved a lot in the year plus that she's been on the main roster, uh, and now that she is champ, I like her character a lot of the person who's who thinks they're way better than they actually are. And they have no evidence at this point to prove otherwise to themselves. Like they keep winning matches and they think it's all about them, them how good they are. I like that. Um, and not necessarily sold on what they're doing with Asuka at this point. And we'll talk more about that with the finish. Um, but uh, yeah, that bump was, uh, was kind of sick. Asuka gained control in the ring after a really great exchange, but gets distracted by another Asuka. It's the big hog! He's back! And I'm mm-hmm. happy that he's back. 
But man, they made Asuka look like a dumbass. I gave the match a 6 out of 10 based on execution. But man, they made Asuka look like a moron. Yeah, I'm, if, if it had been like... If it had been established that when Asuka comes down to the ring, she's like representing some kind of Japanese mythical ghost spirit thing. And then when she saw it enacted by somebody else, it was like, whoa, is this demon here come to to tell me that I lost my way or something? Fine. But it wasn't. It was just like, hey, who's wearing my stuff? That should have been a reaction. Not, oh my God, what is this apparition I see before me? Uh, yeah, it was not. It was not good. Uh, I'm yeah, welcome back, James Ellsworth. Uh, a weird way to do it. Although I did appreciate the wink. The over-the-top wink was a, is a really great thing, and I hope that's his new gimmick. Is that he winks really hard? I hope so too. I hope so too. So this makes the second opportunity I've had to interview James Ellsworth that has come and gone. That's people say, why would James Ellsworth do this after Carmella turned on him? Why wouldn't he do this? What indication have you ever been given that Ellsworth wouldn't do this? He wore a leash and drank out of a dog bowl for him. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll do anything for it. I, 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 do a, I, I honestly thought, oh, if, if they had him turn on her and help Asuka, it would be a really interesting little, little button to his character and their arc, and then he could move on, but it appears as though he is back. Um, and that's interesting, too. Uh, it, gives, it gives another little insurance policy for Carmella as champ. Um, Asuka went from being completely unbeatable in NXT to looking like a pretty big dope a couple of months into her, um, into her time on the main roster, and I'm not super down with that um I'm, maybe maybe this maybe this is a catalyst for her to 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 become more of like that horror movie villain i hope with the with the crazy makeup and stuff and the problematic soldier uniforms um but uh if you don't know if you don't know about her history in japan uh, <laughs> Google um, uh, Oscar evil clown makeup. Oh, that, my favorite thing is when I hear the arguments, Rosemary and Sue Young, who ripped off who. I'm like, come on. Yeah, no. <laughs> you don't know about the OG. <laughs> there will be some people who don't realize that. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> they'll be like, if that happens, they'll be like, Oscar ripped off you, Sue Young and Rosemary. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I thought in the ring the match was good, but that ending. I think it would have been higher than a six out of 10 for me. If that ending was a little smoother, a little quicker, I get that they wanted to register what happened, but it was, it was a a fun match. I thought also go ahead. Sorry. The the other thing with it was that she saw Ellsworth, right? Not him specifically. She's still looking at the ghost version of him and wearing her mask. Then uh, Carmela tries to sneak a roll up. And Asuka gets out of it and goes back to looking at the thing a second time only to get kicked in the face. If if she had lost to the roll-up or if they had just done, gone right to the kick in the face and she didn't have to look at it twice, it might not have been so noticeable. But it, I, I felt like she was looking at that thing for at least 45 total seconds, not realizing it's just somebody wearing my mask and my fur coat. 
AJ Styles defeated Shinsuke Nakamura after 31 minutes. The Carmella Asuka match went 11, by the way. I gave this a 7 out of 10. Last main standing match, probably the best match they had. This also could have been a little shorter, but a good match. Nakamura sends Styles into the diamond plates, then hangs Styles over the apron and knees him, follows up the flying stomp. They fight into the audience, and Nakamura kicks Styles' leg when he jumps on the barricade. Styles catches Nakamura off the top of the dropkick, and then Nakamura tries to hit Styles right in the penis, but misses. The highlight of this match for me was Nakamura's facial expressions. He was amazing. Very good. As good as I've ever seen him in that regard. Yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed this refresh of the Shinsuke Nakamura character uh, as, as as the bad guy. Um, the contract signing was just beautiful heel trolling. Uh, this pen is broken. <laughs> like the, that whole thing was excellent. And then finally, after he got AJ to lose his cool and AJ gets let off by security, he pulls out a, a pen out of his jacket. He had one all along, all that kind of stuff. It's just great. All this stuff has been very good. I, I, I didn't, I, I know what, what a uh, fan you are of the penis punching. Um, but it just, it became like a, a, just a, 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 just a cock knock extravaganza. And it was just, it was just too much for me. Oh, I uh, loved it. Uh, there was just two. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about like the entire feud. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah. it was just about who can get who, who, whose genitals will be mutilated by the end of this match. Um, was, was basically the theme of a lot of stuff. Also, the, it, it feels like they've had about 15 matches since April. Even though I know it's about half that, but still, that's too many in that span of time. So, <laughs> Styles has a forearm spot or stopping is thrown into the announce table. This is after Nakamura had uh, hit a reverse exploder and Styles had an Ushiguroshi. For some reason, Nakamura does a Kinshasa on the tables. Why? And somebody say, oh, because it was there. No, that's. It doesn't it's, make any sense. It didn't make any sense when uh, Paige did the, the PTO on the tables, which holds somebody off the tables. I had like somebody comparing, saying, oh, they shouldn't do punches and kicks on a table. I said, well, no, they shouldn't back bump on the edge of a table, especially right. when it's in WWE canon that Vince McMahon broke his tailbone falling on one of them. Yeah. No, it's uh, everything hurts worse on the tables. Yeah. Styles almost powerbombs Nakamura onto a table that Nakamura set up, but instead goes ribs first onto it, and then Nakamura heaves him through it. Styles manages a calf crusher, and Nakamura taps, but there's no submission. Styles takes a chair to Nakamura's legs instead, and Nakamura begs off beautifully, but gets beaten down. He keeps getting up and begging, and then crying in the penis! And a Kinshasa follow. They brawl on top of the table. Styles forearms Nakamura. Styles hits an awesome Styles clash to the floor. And it doesn't get the job done. Nakamura gets up. And then AJ Styles looks him square in the eyes. And he knows what he has to do. He has to... Right in the... Beautiful, phenomenal forearm through the announce table. Gets it done. Thought this was excellent. 
Yes, uh, I will say uh, in the context of the match itself, really enjoyed it. Uh, the best of their matches that they've had uh, uh, in WWE. Uh, and now um, you need to rehabilitate Shinsuke Nakamura a little bit because he's just lost or or deliberately got himself disqualified in all these matches with AJ. He lost, he lost to Jinder over and over again about a year ago. Uh, you need you need to do something with him. So my thought is, you move him back down the card, you feud him with Jeff Hardy, have him get the U.S. title and hold it for several months. Um, he's he I think he'd be really really great at that point because obviously Vince does not trust him to be at the top of SmackDown, but at the top of the mid card, I think you could actually work with that, and that that might be his ceiling according to Vince. Um and that's that's something that you can do to 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 let him you know get back up a little bit because I I I, I don't this is the same thing with big casts you 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 lose too many times in a row and keep saying how you're going to win and then prove yourself wrong by losing eventually we stop believing you so maybe we have a, I know Shinsuke and, and Jeff Hardy had a match I think this past week on SmackDown or if not the week before so they've started a little mini, mini feud beginning. So I think that's where you go from here is let Shinsuke and Jeff start a little thing for the U.S. title. Yeah, and I would have Nakamura say that he misses Japan a lot. Mm. I would have him really do that. I had always wanted Itami to really, during his heel run in NXT, I wanted him to say that he didn't appreciate American fans and wanted to show them how how they should act and have three Japanese wrestling fans politely clapping like at ringside, I think that would be a funny troll and something Nakamura would do. He would only slap hands with those three people. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. That's all. People are asking for a Fightful RITP shirt. We don't have that up right now, but we do have the new white Fightful t-shirts up at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Jonathan Moss says, Sean, this is a bad idea. Do you really trust WWE to do that? No, I don't. No, no. I don't. No. By the way, guys, this week on FightfulSelect.com Q&A podcast, I just filmed a lot of dark match commentary stuff. We got that Fightful Select Weekender, UFC rankings breakdown. I made my pre- I did a show called uh, If It Were a Work, If It Were a Shoot, where I predicted UFC, WWE, and NXT matches based on the opposite. If the WWE matches were a shoot, UFC was a work. Take a look, see what we have to offer. Also, see what our friends over at Knockdown Media on Twitter have to offer. I'm going to be on their show this week. I already gave them their plug earlier, but they're good folks. I'm giving them another one. Check them out. Knockdown underscore media on Twitter. Alex? Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey's pretty goddamn good at this wrestling thing. Yeah, way, way, way better than I thought she would be, you know, in her second match. Like, yeah, like way better for, you know, we we heard a lot of the, oh, they didn't think that Ronda Rousey was ready to face Mickey James overseas. Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah, now, no, yeah, no. I can tell you that WDB played this match close to the vest. They didn't want anything out about this match how long it was going to last, what went into it, what kind of spots were happening, the finish, obviously. Because very rarely do I poke around about storyline stuff. There wasn't anybody that knew anything about this match tonight. 
There was a lot of responsibility on Nia. She delivered. This was Nia Jax's best performance of her life. On the same night that Big Cass had his best performance of his life. So you had a couple of people, I thought, really show up for work tonight. And I criticized Big Cass and Nia Jax's work. I want to take my hat off to both of them. They both stepped up big time tonight, Alex. Um, yeah, yeah. Big Big Cass did have a match of his life. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that they decided that he should lose it um, when he could have easily cheated to win. It would have been part of his character, and you wouldn't have had you know him limp to the back, forlorn about having lost to a man half his size. Anyway, um, but Naya, I agree with you. Yes, this is this is great. This is a thing. This rivals. I think her first match with Bailey, uh, Takeover London, I think it was in NXT, uh, where she lost to the Guillotine Choke, because at that point she'd only been doing squash matches, and so we didn't really know anything she was going to be doing in that at that point. And um, I, I, I was, I was after that match, I've always kind of had a better opinion of her um, and thought she was capable of so much more uh, than you have. I think on our on our Raw chats. Um, but, but leading up to this, I, I would have said that you were far more in the right than I was. Uh, however, this match again, makes me believe that there's so much more that she can do. Um, and they, they absolutely perfectly played this match within itself. All like they totally worked on the, this, this woman is way bigger than she's not in, let's say Ronda Rousey's weight class. Like, and it, that totally worked. You saw Round, Rousey just being overwhelmed at certain points, but never giving up, which allows you to root for her even more. It was, it was great. This whole thing was great. Nia came out, uh, out of the gate, hit the squisher. Really started to dominate Ronda Rousey out of the gate and had Ronda Rousey fight from underneath, had a couple of those tosses that she did to, that she being Nia Jax did to Alexa Bliss a couple months ago. Nia goes for the Samoan drop, but Rousey grabs a double wrist lock. Hose me down. You know I love those. Transitions into a triangle attempt. Nia powerbombs out of it. There is this fall to the outside that Rousey does. A lot of people saying there's no way that was planned. I don't know because I tried to find out, but I know that the spot in the barricade was planned where Rousey gets powerbomb slung into it. Mm-hmm. So she had to get out of there somehow. And if she did that on her own, yeah, ooh, that is... That is A+. Plus. That A is plus. A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Nia Jax press slams Ronda, who gets up and guillotines Nia. Then Jax slams Rousey on a sunset flip attempt that Rousey hit way too easily. Rousey was way too smooth on that for somebody who hasn't been doing this very long. Yeah. Jesus, man. There was a filthy-looking Samoan drop, which honestly was the closest Rousey got to messing up, but all ended up okay. Rousey kicked out. Then Rousey triangled Nia over the ropes. There was this Ronda Rousey's facial expressions gets yeah. it. There, there are a lot of little shots about her acting, and people saying, "Oh, she can't act." As it turns out, she can act a lot better than most WWE wrestlers can. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. her questioning, "Should I go up to the top rope?" Then going, "Fuck it, YOLO." Yeah, <laughs> diving under Nia. Was outstanding, Alex. Yeah, uh, that that there's a great little moment there. Uh, her hulking up near the end, like like, listen, bitch, I'm Ronda fucking Rousey, and I'm, I'm totally coming for you. That was a really great moment. All that stuff. Um, uh, there was a there's a judo throw. Like, my God, my this hip throw, Jesus, was this nuts. arm drag hip throw. 
Oh man, man! It was it was nice. You know, I often talk about certain fights and certain moments in wrestling and MMA that make me want to get get back in the ring or go train. I'm going Sunday. This <laughs> makes me want to go just work hip throws all day. This was amazing. This is one of the things I warned you guys about. Ronda Rousey knows things that pro wrestlers that flat out, if they've been seen in pro wrestling, they are far, they're far gone. Yeah. Because not only does she train judo, but Shayna Baszler is an outstanding catches catch can wrestler. She works with her. Uh, Jessamine Duke has a, has an outstanding Muay Thai background. Did that before MMA. Oh, by the way, her other friend, Marina Shafir happens to be engaged to Roderick fucking strong. Yep. And despite his shitty little boots, is a fantastic wrestler. Yeah. So, my God, the connections are just a plenty. That judo throw was great. Almost, or she applies the arm bar but pins herself. Does a uranagi, and they, they, they have the arm bar applied, but Alexa Bliss runs in and attacks both with a briefcase. I thought this was an amazing way to not have Rousey win the match, not have Lou- Rousey lose the match, not have Rousey win the title. This was really good. This was awesome. Obviously, Alexa Bliss cashed in, won the title with a DDT and a Twisted Bliss. I loved it all. I want to know your thoughts uh, about the end of the Rousey match at first. Um, yes, I, I agree. I, uh, I I liked it. I gosh, those two those two women have Nia Jack, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey did such a great job in this match. Like both of them just just worked their asses off, and to have neither one of them holding the belt at the end of the at the end of that match felt cruel. You know what I mean? Like, oh gosh, I wanted one of them to get a reward. You know what I mean? Like, it, so that's that's great because you want to root against Alexa Bliss. She was opportunistic. She came in. She used the briefcase as a weapon. I thought for a second that that by giving over the briefcase and cashing it in, she loses. She loses custody of it. She no longer has it and can no longer use it as a weapon. You know what I mean? So I thought she might have, you know, uh, uh, traded it in too soon. Uh, but the fact that she kept hitting uh, Naya on that bad arm, that that totally worked. The DDT, Twisted Bliss, great. Um, it also sets up a perfect Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss feud here in the future. Well, this one's categorically different than, than Nia Jax, isn't it? Yes. Um, uh, and also, it's a weird thing because Nia Jax has not been behaving like the woman who beat Alexa Bliss before. You know, like, it's she's a different person now. She's She's been very much more heelish than she was when she was like, hey, everybody, let's just stop fat shaming everybody and, and you know, don't be a bully. Like, that's a different person than this than this person who just lost. So who knows what that person is. If, if, if you ever watch Total Divas or see her talk, that's while it's a nice sentiment, that's not necessarily Nia Jax. Right, exactly. She's a very like sassy, charismatic girl. Yes, she is. And, and, and they don't it's it's hard to portray that when they want you to be a monster, but she is right. that. Yeah. Also, you know, everybody's uh, that that knee from Ronda Rousey. Oh my god. That oh, was a wow. terrible camera angle. I want to see all angles of that of that crazy running. Excel- oh Yeah, man. you could do a, a highlight reel full of unseen footage from Money in the Bank that they screwed up on yeah. production, but this was great. Everybody upset that Asuka lost two matches in two months, but Nia Jax lost two in two minutes. It's true. Um 
my only cav my only qualm here in in the future is de- I want I want this Alexa Bliss title run to be better than the last one. Um, she's got to wrestle. She's got to wrestle. She's got to be in the in the ring. She can't hide from everybody, even though it's the best. It's obvious thing to hide from Ronda Rousey and from like a pissed off Nia Jax. But like, also we forget that like during her time as a, as a, as a as a title holder, um, she's kind of been not her fault booked this way to completely bury Bailey without a shred of opportunity for her to dig herself out of it. Like they, like that whole kendo stick thing. That's it. Bailey's has never recovered from it because they wanted to make Alexa bliss strong. The person that she was up against gets just buried. And I, 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 there's gotta be a better way of, of having her be champion than just making everyone else who she goes up against her look like chumps. Well, so in the ring, they go, you know, in the ring, Naya, as I mentioned, probably like eighth on the depth chart. Yeah, she doesn't need to be. She shouldn't have had to have been tasked with this, but she did well. Ronda, if she goes after Alexa again against a not a strong worker, you got to do pay off this Natalia thing at some point. Yeah, you do. So uh, this match is well worth going out of your way to see. It was eleven minutes. The Alexa Nia Jax thirty seconds. Then you had the main event. You called it Monster in the Bank shirts are coming. <laughs> so, what bank will sponsor WWE now? Ooh, interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they would like Bank of America. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You have Braun Strowman like yanking the the vault door off or something. Well, he beat Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston, Rusev, Samoa Joe, and The Miz after 20 minutes. This was good. Kevin Owens took one of the goddamnedest bumps I've ever seen in my life. Jesus. And I'm talking like ever, much less in recent memory. It was real, real good. Uh, Balor has new gear. Aiden English has Chicago-inspired gear. I, You know, I questioned, why wouldn't New Day just stay at ringside? And they said earlier, well, they're not cheaters. Only Xavier Woods literally left rings the, the announce table one time during a TLC match and said, there are no rules, and tossed his trombone Well, yeah, to do attack. That's when they were heels. Now yeah. they're good guys. Um, I do think also they're not cheaters because in this ladder match, that's not against the rules. Yeah, that's true. Like it's, not like, it's not like they'd be disqualified if they were caught by the ref. Like that's totally legal. The I three of them, Rhino and Spike Dudley and Lita just always used to get involved willy-nilly. You just assumed Lita would be part of the match. The three of them could absolutely have been out there fighting. Plus, it led to the great all-time moment of Jim Ross saying, Lita jerking edge off the, the, the ladder. <laughs> Boy, the foreshadowing in one Jim Ross, right? Ahead of his time in uh-huh. so many ways. Mm. Apparently, everybody had ended up listening to Owens because they all gang up on Strowman. Right. Now, this is multi-layered, and I hope there's something creative that comes out of this. I hope it's not just something they throw away. Kevin Owens has been really making an effort going to people saying, listen to me about this guy. This motherfucker is dangerous. How do I know? Because I'll be getting shoulder blocked by him twice a week for two months now. That's how I know. So they all put ladders on top of Strowman. This was great. Finn Balor and Braun Strowman have an awesome spot where Balor goes back and grabs the ladder. 
and Strowman has the other end of it. And this yeah. this was a night of great reactions and great facial expressions, and this was another one. But before that, uh, the Miz had tried to climb the ladder in the ring. He just, you know, he was sneaky, very sneaky, sir. Rusev fall away slams KO into a ladder. Kofi goes for that trust fall spot and kind of gets caught. Yeah. But then Balor comes over the top of the Tope Hilo. Now, I got to ask you this. Kofi Kingston was put in this match. Do you think that New Day as a team decided that Xavier Woods couldn't do it because he blew a 2-0 lead? Uh, It's possible they thought he might choke a second time. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you, in case you all didn't know, Xavier blew a two Oh lead, tweet him at Xavier Woods, PhD tag me in the tweet. Just say, I can't believe Xavier Woods blew a two Oh lead. It's amazing. Um, It is amazing. Uh, and disappointing, really, really disappointing. I'm not mad at him. I'm just disappointed. But, um, if you pay attention at all to the past few years of new day, um, they've always said they want um, uh, Kofi to be a WWE champion, and like and they all, the, Big A and 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 Xavier have said it over and over and over again. We should have always known it was going to be Kofi, um, uh, and I, I think it was cool that he was there because this was a match filled with a bunch of guys who weren't really flying types. Like usually in these matches, you got guys who jump off of ladders or use them to, to like run up them and jump off of them, stuff like that. And you had like Rusev and Samoa Joe, guys who are most likely grounded. Um, so having Kofi in it really, really helps. Like I, I would have loved to see Big E in it, but that's just another big dude who doesn't really, you know, jump off of stuff. So uh, having Kofi in it allowed you to have those kind of spots. So. <laughs> Braun tosses KO off of a giant ladder giant. into a bunch of tables, and he's out. He's done. Did like he come apparently, back at all? No. Apparently, he was stretchered out. Like, they committed to the bit. Well, I, I legitimately hope he's okay, because Me that too. was one hell of a bump. That was an amazing yeah. bump. Yeah. Braun kills Kofi with a choke slam on the ladder. Then <laughs> two opponents have a ladder that he runs through, he does the running. He does the running shoulder block and breaks through a ladder like in Red Rover. Yes, and again, <laughs> Miz looks on terrified. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, there were a lot of those tilt them off the ladder into the rope spots tonight. There's a stack of late on Ro- Rude, Kofi, and Miz, but Joe comes up and applies a Kikina clutch. He gets Machka kick, but then he's knocked off the ladder by Miz. Balor does a great coup de gras off that ladder onto Rude. Then Braun power slams like everybody. Strowman has Kofi on his back on top of the ladder and just tosses him off. If I'm Kofi Kingston, I find whoever produced that shot and I smack him in the fucking mouth. Yeah. Because they missed it. Yeah. They missed one of the biggest bumps he's ever took in his life. Yep. And if I'm him, I'm saying, hey, dickweeds, why did I do that? Yeah. If nobody's going to see it. land on my feet or my front or something. Yeah. Braun wins. What do you think of Braun winning? Because a lot of people say he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. I don't think he's going to cash in on a, on a vulnerable guy. No. I don't think that's how he works things. Here, here's here, like Braun has always said, like, you get me in the ring with, with Brock, I'm going to beat him. Like 
even though we've seen before that wasn't the case. And that's the problem with that particular match is that, that he had Brock beat, but Brock hit one F5. And because you got to protect that move so you can spam it on Roman Reigns several months later, he lost a one F5, but he got up right afterwards and was like, man, I, I give me one more shot at you. I'm going to take you out. And he's always maintained that since then. So the way to be true to his character is for him to come out like even tomorrow and be like SummerSlam, me and you, Brock, I'm cashing it in then. Like actually set the date ahead of time and say you can train all you want or it would be even better, which is never going to happen. Like next week on Raw, show up. I know you weren't supposed to. I know it was your night off. But show up then. I'm making you show up. Because guess what? This contract says I can make you show up. They're never going to do that. But whatever it is that the next date for, for Brock is, he should say, I'm cashing it in ahead of time. Because he's always said, I don't I don't need any specific help to do it. You know? And that, that's the way that should, should be the, the thing. Or he should say, next WrestleMania. Like, bring the whole thing out. I don't, I don't want him to do that. But... Let, like he should actually make that that challenge way ahead of time. Yes, he should, and I think he will. We'll be able to speculate a little more after tomorrow because there were a lot of questions in my estimation. What is up with Big Cass? What direction will they go with Daniel Bryan? Will he resign? Who's next for the Bludgeon Brothers? Hopefully, Saint Zane Lashley is over. Will Rollins and Elias get a rematch? Yeah, the, both women's divisions have question marks around them. Yeah, I mean the fact that the uh, Extreme Rules is the next pay per view means you got to figure out how we how are we going to set up the the tables match? How are we going to set up uh, the 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 ladder match? All this stuff and all this on who's who gets what. The other thing for me is that you you had this is again something we talked about last night about in, in what great shape the NXT um, tag division is in where you can just throw in Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, guys that we really don't have a connection to, and they can pull out a damn clinic with the Undisputed Era on Saturday. And on Sunday, we get how, however long it was, seven minutes of the Good Brothers versus the Bludgies. Well, I, I, I don't know if NXT's is in a great place because TM61 creatively, eh. Street right. Profits look nice, but, but from an in-rate perspective. These are all people who could work great matches with because they would have time to actually produce them and make them yeah. and, and work on them. Here you have the SmackDowns on the SmackDown tag team uh, championship match is on the pre-show, and the Raw tag team championship match doesn't exist on one of the big five pay-per-views. Like, and they are it's not like it's not like it's with uh, the U.S. title and Jeff Hardy where he doesn't have a, a number one contender. Like we've already established, the B team is the next guys who get a tag title shot. And they can't get on the, the pay-per-view. Like, the tag division is all... Is all yeah. Bleh. Bleh. Also, I mean, just a ton of other questions. Who's next for Styles? What happens with Nakamura? Who's next for Carmella? There's a lot of question marks. I feel like there was a lot of fin- finality to this. I mean, you've got to move on from Reigns and Jinder Mahal, for the love of God. Guys, you all can follow Palowski at Palowski the fourth. You can follow me at Sean Rossap. Check out FightfulSelect.com, but also check out OMG.com. Check them out at OMG Butter on Twitter, and check out our friends at Knockdown Sports Radio. They are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, and more. I will be on their show this week. 
can follow them at Knockdown Media. Let them know you heard about them from us. We are back for the Raw Post Show tomorrow, but I'm streaming the Cody Rhodes conference call tomorrow at noon. Also be streaming the Juice Robinson one this Wednesday. Lots of stuff there. If you missed out on the Triple H Post Show uh, conference call, that is up on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Subscribe, like, thumbs up, hit that little bell. We went long tonight. We went really long. And with these pay-per-views being longer, Uh, sorry, Alex. Long shows now. We're back tomorrow night. We're out.